Welcome to Beautifully Organized, the podcast that shares tips, tools, and hacks that make life easier for busy mothers. Welcome back, everybody. Hello, hello. Happy New Year. It has been a little while since we got to chat together. I took some time off over the holiday season and now I am back with a vengeance. (laughs) Not really with a vengeance. I am back and I am ready to share some more tips and tools on how to simplify your life as a busy parent. And I'm really excited to jump into our three topics today. Coming up on today's episode, we're going to talk about how to speed clean your kitchen. I'm going to share with you the five simple swaps I do to reduce my use of disposables in my home. And we're going to talk about how we in our house encourage our kids to keep their bedrooms tidy. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Beautifully Organized is brought to you by the Ultimate Productivity Bundle. Master your to-do list, reach your goals, and free up more time for yourself with the best ebooks and online courses in the world of successful time management. If you need help setting goals and priorities so you can use your time more wisely, creating productive routines so you don't fall behind, working through tasks without getting sidetracked or procrastinating, or even just finding the energy to be productive throughout the day instead of burning out, these resources are perfect for you. It's practical help that'll make your life more joyful and less stressful no matter how busy you are. Valued at over $1,500, this collection is available to you for just $49.97. Find out more about the Ultimate Productivity Bundle by clicking the link in today's show notes or heading to beautifullyorganized.com. I think one of my favorite things to talk about is little things that you can do or hacks that you can use to make a boring or a typically boring or monotonous or horrible job much, much easier. For me, the kitchen was one of those areas. It's an interesting thing because the kitchen really is the heart of our home. I spend a lot of time in our kitchen. Um, I'm baking, I'm making coffee or tea, I'm prepping school lunches, I'm cooking dinner. Because I'm in it so much during the day, my kitchen always needs some sort of attention. I love to cook. I don't love to do dishes. I don't love spraying and wiping. I don't love clearing out cupboards. I'm good at it because I have a lot of practice and I have a lot of practice because I found some easy hacks to incorporate. So if you're like me, we're like most busy mums, if you're like me and you are a fan of quick cleaning tips because we don't want to be cleaning the kitchen all night long, then let's talk about a couple of little things that we can do. So when is the best time to clean your kitchen? I think that's one of the most important things to think about. Ideally, in a perfect world, the best time to clean your kitchen is as you are cooking or as you are in it. But let's face it, that's not always easy, especially when we're talking witching hour at the end of the day when the baby's crying or the toddler's whining and everybody's starving and cranky and hangry. It's not easy to clean your kitchen and cook at the same time when you're in that sort of situation. So instead of focusing on the best way to clean your kitchen or the best time to clean your kitchen, let's focus on the easiest time to clean it instead. 
Now, for me, the easiest time to clean the kitchen is right after the meal is finished, whether that be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And it's important to do it right after the meal is finished because then I haven't yet had a chance to sit back, relax, and get comfy. Now, I know that's a little sucky. Having to clean up right after dinner, it's not really goals for me, but it is so much easier because it means that I haven't quite slipped into comfy mode yet. And this, I think, is the real secret behind why it works so well. When you've just finished your meal, the kids are all happy because their tummies are full. So you should have a clear 20-minute window without interruptions to get that kitchen cleaned quickly and easily. So that's what I recommend as the best time to clean your kitchen if you want an easier life with young children. Now let's talk about the order in which to clean it. I know that sounds really uh, specific. (laughs) That actually sounds a little bit obsessive, doesn't it? What order should we clean our kitchen in? But honestly, if you follow the steps in this order, it is such an easy job. So I'm just going to let you know what the order is that I clean my kitchen in. And I'll show you where to find a printable checklist at the end of this session so that you can download it, stick it to your fridge and use it at your home as well. So step one, we put away the food. That's leftovers can go in the fridge or the cupboard. Scraps can go to the pets. Compost can go into the compost bin. Anything food related, we put that away first. Then I like to fill my pots and pans so that they're ready to soak. Then I do rubbish into bins. So packaging, random bits and pieces, things that can't be eaten or recycled, put that rubbish into the bin. Step four is collect the dirty dishes. So I'm going to go around the whole house at this point because there's always a random cup, a random mug, something in somebody's room, in the lounge room, anywhere but the dining room or the kitchen. So before I start washing my dishes, I'm going to go around and collect everything. Then I'm going to wipe down all my counter space so that I have plenty of space if I need it. And that's because I don't like to dry my dishes with a tea towel. I just leave them all to air dry. So I need some counter space for that too. And then (laughs) now that we've done five other steps, now we get to washing the dishes. Now, I know this feels like a really big amount of work, but when you think about it, putting your food in the fridge, filling up your pots and pans with water, popping the rubbish in the bin, doing a quick round around the house and collecting the dishes, giving the counters a quick wipe down, all that's going to do is take up maybe five, six minutes of your time. The dishes is where it can be a bit more time consuming if you don't have a dishwasher. If you do have a dishwasher, just stack it in the most efficient way possible. So bowls and plates at the bottom, cutlery in the basket, glasses and cups on the top rack, and then just pop in your dishwashing tablet or your detergent and you're done. Your kitchen is fine. Now, if you don't have a dishwasher or if you have more dishes than will fit in the dishwasher, which happens to us uh, usually about once a month when we have my extended family over for dinner, then you'll be washing by hand as well or instead. So you want to start by filling your sink and adding your dishwashing liquid. And then here's the order that I wash in so that my water stays as clean as possible and lasts as long as I can get it to last. I wash glasses first, then cups, then the kids' drink bottles, then coffee cups, then cutlery, plates, chopping boards, containers, tools, things like, you know, can openers, graters, and then pots and pans are last. Now, my only exception is if I have a chopping board where I've used raw meat on it, then I wash that last after everything else, 
And to be honest, I'm a germaphobe, so that's kind of a Marissa thing. It, you might not have to do it, but I like to wash my chopping board last if it's my red chopping board that I chop meat on. Otherwise, that order stays. So your dishes are done. I don't dry my dishes, as I said earlier, but you can if you want to. Our next step is sweep the floor. Then you want to take the rubbish bins and empty them into your big bins outside if they're full. And then the last step, which is why I favorite, is go and enjoy your life because you are done. Now that sounds a lot like a lot when we say it in one go, but you would be surprised at how much easier cleaning your kitchen of a night is when you do it in that order. So I'd love for you to give it a go and let me know what it was like. And you know what? If you want to make cleaning your kitchen even easier, I'm going to point you to a printable version of that steps checklist so that you can print it out at your house and stick it on your fridge. You can follow it if you want to, but to make the cleaning even easier, I recommend put it on the fridge and tell your kids to do it or at least help you out. You'll find the link to that printable checklist in the show notes of today's episode. I do have a couple of other tips that I use to make cleaning my kitchen a little bit more enjoyable. The first one is I like to set a timer and challenge myself to beat my world record, which is about 20 minutes on a busy day. And then the second is to add music. And I'll leave you a link to a playlist that I use on Spotify that I call Chilled Songs for Chores. But basically, it's a whole bunch of easy listening music. And I love it. It makes household jobs a little bit easier. So I tend to play it when I'm washing the dishes. And that's it. I'd love to hear your favorite kitchen cleaning tip. If you have a hack on how to clean it fast or clean it easy, please let me know. You can either email it to me or let us know on the Facebook page. If you have a question about simplifying life as a busy mum, getting more organized in your day-to-day life, or finding easier ways to keep on top of the housework and any other commitments you have as a parent, we'd like to hear from you. Send us an email to marissa at beautifullyorganized.com with any question or help that you need, and we will cover it on one of our episodes. Remember when you're emailing marissa at beautifullyorganized.com to use organized with an S instead of a Z, because that's how we spell it here in Australia. I've been really passionate about reducing our use of disposable products for a couple of years now. It started off as a small movement uh, around the world and it's really gained momentum in the last 18 months or so. We have a show in Australia called War on Waste that is a real eye-opener when it comes to how much disposable stuff we use as a society. And One of the things I found really, really eye-opening watching that show was the fact that most of our disposable things, you know, when you think about all of the effort it takes to make them, just to create them, to package them, to transport them to shops, to stock them, to sell them, to bring them home again, all to use them for maybe 30 seconds or a couple of minutes or maybe a half hour at the most, that seems like a huge waste of resources, not to mention time and money for the household consumer. I think it just makes sense for the environment, but also for your budget and for our own well-being so that we're not drowning in a sea of disposable clutter at home. I think it's important that we make some reusable swaps in our lives. But I don't like things to be too difficult. So I have five that I started with that I wanted to share with you today in case they can help you as well. 
So the first swap that we made was to stop using single-use disposable plastic bags at the shops. And this applies to supermarkets, this applies to uh, fashion stores, uh, anywhere else really where I'm doing any shopping. Instead of taking the shop bag now, I just use a bag from home. You can use any bag you want. Honestly, nobody even blinks these days if you have your own bag. I personally love the foldable bags from Sack It To Me. I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can check them out. I love those ones because they fold up nice and neatly and they're nice and light and I can pop them in my handbag so I can go out to the shops with three or four bags. And if I'm doing a whole lot of, say, birthday gift shopping or Christmas shopping or getting a lot of groceries, I've got plenty of bags available and they're not weighing me down for my whole day out. The second thing that we've swapped is we drink water from home instead of buying bottled water when we're out and about. And I have a feeling a lot of people have made this swap already. It just doesn't make sense to be paying three or four dollars for a bottle of water when you can get it for free at home. Now we are lucky and we live in an area where our tap water is completely drinkable. We don't even have to boil it or filter it. So we are very lucky there and I completely understand if you're in a location where you can't do that. That's totally fine. We're talking about simple swaps that fit in with life here. But if you're in an area where you can drink your tap water safely or you can put it through a filter or you can boil it and enjoy the taste that way, it makes sense to drink water from home instead of buying it when you're out and about. And when you think about it from a parent point of view, if I go out as a family, that's four people that we're then buying water for. That's four extra bottles that we didn't need to use and that's every single time we go out. And once we finish drinking... Nobody thinks to refill them. Whereas if we take a drink bottle from home and it gets emptied, the kids naturally just go and fill it up again. Now, I personally use a reusable coffee cup instead of a drink bottle. That way I only have to carry around one cup wherever I go instead of both. But the kids use their drink bottles from school, even when we're out and about on the weekends and afternoons. The third simple swap that I did, and this one... (laughs) Got me a few crazy looks when I first started doing it, but became normal pretty quickly. Instead of using plastic disposable cutlery when I'm eating lunch out, I just take a spork or a splayed. I'm not sure what everybody else calls it, but it's that fork that kind of looks like the cross between a fork and a spoon. I just wrap one of those up in a material napkin and pop it in my handbag and then that's fine. I've got a fork and a spoon together in one when I'm out and about eating my lunch. I find that I really need to use a knife because that will do the trick when I need it. Um... I don't really have anything else to say about that idea other than if you are carrying a few of those for your family, they can get a little heavy. So the more slimline your cutlery is, the better. But yeah, wrapping up a spork or a splayed or whatever you want to call it in a cloth napkin, pop it in your bag and you can use that instead of disposable plastic cutlery. Interesting note about that one. For years, I thought uh, in my location, which is New South Wales in Australia, I thought for years that we could recycle our disposable plastic cutlery. I thought we could put it in um, to what we call our big yellow bin and the council would take it away and recycle it for us. But it turns out that's not true. All of our plastic disposable cutlery in my area goes straight to landfill due to apparently a sorting issue. So that was really disappointing. So that's another reason why I'm so keen to swap that out for a reusable cutlery from home. The fourth one, some people think this one's a little gross, so it's totally fine if you you feel the same way. The fourth one is to switch tissues for a handkerchief. 
I mean, honestly, everybody did that, what, 100 years ago anyway? Probably 60 or 70 years ago, the majority of the population was carrying around a hanky in their pocket instead of a bunch of tissues. In fact, I remember some of my relatives talking about how gross it was when people started using tissues because it was just flimsy little bits of paper that fell apart the first time you used them. And if you accidentally left them in your pocket, we all know what that's like when you put something through the washing machine and it has tissues in the pocket. Oh, it's a nightmare. So just by swapping to a reusable hanky, you're going to avoid that tissue in the pocket problem forever. You're also going to save yourself a ton of money on buying boxes of tissues. And I don't know if you've noticed, but when you use a reusable cloth like a hanky, you tend to use it more effectively than you do tissues. The amount of times I see people sneeze and grab a handful of tissues, four or five tissues instead of the one, maybe two that they really need, all of that tissue paper is just going to waste. Now for this one, I prefer to use hankies. I am yet to convince my entire family to do the same. So I I am talking the long game when it comes to that one. So if you find this a hard swap, no judgment from me. If you can give it a try though, I highly recommend it. Oh, and yeah, they wash fine in the washing machine with all of the other washing. Hankies don't really get as dirty as people think they do. Okay, the fifth thing that we swapped, this one is in my kitchen. I do a lot of baking. I do a lot of cooking in my oven, and so I used to use a lot of baking paper. Now, I don't even know if you can recycle baking paper. I know a lot of my friends put it in the recycling bin because they figure that's better than sending it straight to landfill, and that's a good point. Our council will sort it if it needs to. But if you can save on buying baking paper, not only are you not needing to recycle it or not risking extra landfill, you're also saving a ton of money. So you can switch your baking paper for reusable liners uh, like the silicon ones. You may have heard of the Silpat mat. I think that's the brand name, but we have a silicon mat. We got ours from Aldi. It was $5. And you just put that on your tray instead of a sheet of baking paper. And then you're good to go with if you're roasting veggies or anything like that uh, for cupcakes instead of disposable paper cupcake cups. What are they called? Patty cases? I can't remember. (laughs) We use silicon muffin cups instead. So our muffins and our cupcakes, they don't stick to the pan. They just go in the silicon cup and it's really easy to remove them when the cakes are cool as well. And then you just give them a wash and reuse them again. I also use a silicon loaf tin now instead of a traditional loaf tin and that just saves the use of baking paper there as well because the silicon mold can fold and move and it's easy to maneuver so that you can get your cake out of the tin. Less mess, less stress and more calm is a short and simple course for overwhelmed mothers. It'll get your home decluttered, organized and running smoothly in just seven days. Plus, it'll teach you how to organize the rest of your life too with simple, doable actions. Click the link in our show notes or head to beautifullyorganized.com to find out more. So kids and bedrooms, this is a hot topic amongst my friends at the moment and for a good reason. Our kids are all getting a little bit older now, so I don't have toddlers or babies anymore in my house. Uh, And I thought (laughs) by default, 
life would get easier as my kids got older, right? I can't think that I'm the only one to think that. (laughs) But what I've noticed is you still have a lot to do as a parent and a lot of back and forth and negotiating and reminding and directing and, yeah, let's face it, nagging, no matter how old your kids are. The biggest thing that's changed for me with my kids moving from the baby and toddler stage to the uh, child stage, we don't have any teens yet at the moment, Uh, the biggest thing I've noticed with that change in age is they are physically able to do things themselves, you know, like getting themselves dressed, putting things away again, hanging up a towel, setting the table. They're physically capable of doing things, responsible things, but maybe it's just mine. They're not naturally inclined to do it unless I am pestering them repeatedly to do so. So this is a whole new challenge that I'm facing in my life at the moment. And I have really good kids. I love my kids. They're good people. They're really, really nice. They're very, very helpful if I'm very very, what's the word, blunt about asking them to help or if I'm very firm, firm is the word I'm looking for. If I'm kind but firm when I'm asking them to help me, they'll help me, especially if they can see that it's making my life a little bit easier. But will they say tidy their bedrooms themselves at the end of the day without me reminding them? No. They won't. And so we had to come up with a new plan in our house on how to encourage our kids to tidy their rooms without everybody fighting all the time or getting frustrated or giving up and letting them just do nothing and have messy rooms every day. There are four particular things that have worked for us over the last year or so. So that's what I'm going to share today. And the first one is so easy, but it was really hard to implement. So it was, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. The first thing I had to change was I had to stop doing it for them. I had to stop cleaning their rooms. And for me, somebody who likes things to be in their place, likes things to be neat and tidy, likes things to look and feel and smell lovely, this was a really big hurdle. Because at first, when I stopped tidying my kids' bedrooms, I found the quality in the tidiness went downhill fast, fast, which I don't mean in a horrible way. Kids are kids. They just don't see it like I see it as their mother. So yeah, that was a bit of a hurdle, but I realized that over time, if as long as I didn't jump back in and start cleaning again for them, they got better at the level of quality of tidiness of their rooms as time went on. It's really just a matter of practice and all I had to do was consistently remind them and do a bit of a quality check. And then we're kind of getting the hang of that now. One thing that made it a lot easier when we're talking about getting our kids to tidy their own bedrooms is we set the same time of day for tidy bedroom time. So the kids aren't ever, um, I never really jump on them and go, oh, while I've got you here, I need you to go tidy your room. So in our house, everybody's bedroom has a door on it. If their mess is really, really bugging me during the day, all I have to do is close their bedroom door. If it's not bugging me during the day, I'll leave it open. No problem. Kids are kids. Every kid has an untidy bedroom at some point. But what we do is we have the same time for tidying at the end of every day. So after dinner, that's when parents go ahead and start things like washing dishes, feeding pets, getting everybody ready for the night. And the kids after dinner, their first responsibility is to go and tidy their bedrooms. We just call it tidy bedroom time. That's it. 
Now, because we have a set time every day, that means we don't pester them at all during the day. And that's the third key for us here. If I was spending the whole day reminding them to put this away in their bedrooms and put this back up on the bookshelf and pop that back in the drawer, they'd be sick and tired of me nagging them all day long. And I wouldn't enjoy it either because I'd be being that bossy nagging mum that I really don't want to be. I'm happy being the responsible parent, but I also want to just relax and be Marissa sometimes as well. So I don't pester them about tidying their rooms during the day because we have that set end of day bedroom tidy time. And I know that every evening that room gets a reset. The fourth little hack that we use is we break it down into small reminder steps based on the kids' habits. So for example, my youngest, when she's tidying her room, she has a habit of putting things under the bed, behind the door, um, and just finding a couple of little shortcuts instead of putting things away properly. And that's totally normal for somebody her age. So when I talk about tidying her bedroom and I say, okay, I'm going to come in and do an inspection. Um, before I do that, I'll do a couple of little reminders. Have you done under the bed? Have you done behind the door? Are the toys in the stripy basket? Is your washing in the washing basket? Have you put your rubbish in the bin? They're the five things that we always have to cover. And so if she's forgotten one of them or got a little lazy with one of them, that's her chance to fix it before I go in and say, hey, good job, or hey, you need to do more. (laughs) And so those are our favorite tips for helping encourage our kids to keep their bedrooms tidy. It's working really well for us at the moment. It's not perfect. I still get eye rolls and moans and groans whenever I ask people to tidy their bedrooms, but they also have come to accept the fact that I'm going to ask every day. And I tend to expect every night when I come in and have a look around that it's done properly. And I think that's working really well for us at the moment. But as always, I would love to hear your tips. If you have any particular hack or method or strategy that helps you and your family keep their house tidy without you having to nag all the time or do it for them, I would love to know about it. So please come on over and join us on Facebook and let us know what your hack is. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Beautifully Organised. Don't forget to grab your organizing freebie at beautifullyorganized.com. We have lots of prints and other resources for you to help make your day a little smoother. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and every other major podcast platform. If you have a question or a topic you'd like me to cover, let me know. Send your request to marissa at beautifullyorganized.com. And if you'd like to chat more about mum life and getting a little more organized and making your life easier, head to facebook.com slash beautifully organized mums. See you next time.